0: Rev it up and welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 1465.
1: Try to treat people exactly how you would want them to treat you. You're going to find that it works and it's very successful. <laughs>
0: This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah. Hello automotive enthusiasts and welcome to Cars Yeah. I am revved up and so excited to share with you today a very special returning guest friend of mine who's been on the show before in fact he was guest number 830 back in august of 2017 rich mcdonald rich you're calling in from irvine california how are you doing today
1: i'm doing just fine mark and let me say it's great to be back on your show man i can't believe you said 830 and now you're at 1465 you are a workaholic (laughs) look at you go congratulations i don't know there's a hand I'm,
0: i'm almost moving as fast as a Superformance car, but uh, I'm working on it, and, and I'll let our listeners. That, that. <laughs> well, I'm trying. I'm trying. Foot to the floor. I'll let our listeners know also that uh, Rich was on CarGiant yeah TV last year. Uh, Superformance was the first episode of CarGiant yeah Season One. I'm working hard on trying to make Season Two happen. This is this TV stuff is not easy and not cheap. But uh, he was uh, on the show, which was very cool. So uh, you can go back and watch an episode of that. Let me tell you a little bit about Rich before we get started. Rich McDonald is involved in sales and promotions at Superformance, Hillbank, Shelby Legendary Cars. They're in beautiful, sunny, he reminded me of that today because it's dumping here in the Pacific Northwest, sunny Irvine, California. They're along with past cars, yeah, I guess Lance Stander, owner of Superformance, and Doug Campbell, and their very talented team where they build continuation models of the iconic Shelby Cobra. Daytona Coupe, which I got to drive while I was down there. Gosh, that was fun. The Ford GT40, that one too, the Caterham, and the Corvette Grand Sport. You can walk in and purchase a new car or you can have them build one to your exacting specifications. Rich's father, Dave McDonald, was a very famous race car driver, race Cobras, to many victories back in the 60s. So Rich feels right at home representing these iconic sports cars, many of which were featured in the recent Fox Disney blockbuster movie Ford vs. Ferrari. I'll be back in just a minute to talk with Rich, but first, a brief word from our very valuable sponsors that make Cars Yacht possible. Winter's here, and things can get a little messy. Rain, snow, salt, mud, dirt, and everything Mother Nature comes up with can hurt the finishes of your vehicles, both inside and out. I'm not worried, though, because I've used Covercraft car covers on my rides since 1975. Today... Covercraft offers you a total solution to vehicle protection. They make the best fitting, finest made car covers in the world and offer a wide variety of materials, colors and options that protect your paint and the interior too. Live where it's sunny all the time? Lucky. Covercraft dash covers and sunscreens are the best. Got pets, messy kids, messy in-laws or just messy friends? Covercraft seat covers are the perfect fit and the perfect solution for keeping your seats looking new. And don't forget their custom fit floor mats and trunk liners. They A must-have for all your vehicles—your cars, trucks, van, or whatever you drive—will say thank you. And I've got a deal for you: during January 2020, you can get 10% off plus free shipping on all Covercraft products. That's right. Go to Covercraft.com and use the code Yeah120. That's Y E A H120 at checkout. That's Covercraft.com and use the code Yeah120 at checkout. Hey, cars! Yeah, race fans. Andy Collins, owner of Armadillo Racing, is a past guest here on Cars Yeah. Last year, I was honored to be a speaker at his high-performance racing seminar. And having attended, I can tell you it's an invaluable learning experience if you love to race. This year marks the 25th anniversary of Armadillo's high-performance racing seminars, and it takes place Saturday, February 8th, in Tacoma, Washington. For your seminar fee, you'll spend a day with four of racing's premier professionals on how to improve your driving, and much, much more. This year's outstanding speaker lineup include Jacques Delari, Ph.D., world-renowned high-performance driving and life coach, Jeff Braun, a race engineer with a history at core racing and IMSA, Ross Bentley, top driving coach, author of world-renowned Speed Secrets and a fellow podcaster, and Dan Davis, retired director of motorsports, for Ford Motor Company. All of these incredible racing experts are past guests here on Cars Yow. Yeah. As an added bonus for Cars Yow yeah listeners, you'll get to join these speakers at the Friday night reception at the incredible LeMay Car Museum for free. That's right. It's a $50 value if you sign up by January 15th. What a deal. Go to Armadillo Racing's website and register. That's armadilloracing.com. All right, Rich, are you buckled up and ready for a fun ride?
1: Ah, uh, yes, I am. I am here as you <laughs> mentioned in beautiful, sunny Southern California. It looks <sighs> like it's going to be almost eighty degrees today, mark so I hate to be rub the one it. to rub it in and rainy, uh, it rainy in. Washington, yeah. but it's a beautiful day here. That's why we have
0: big trees here. They drink a lot of water, that's for sure. Well, would you tell our audience just a little bit about yourself before I jump into the questions here?
1: Yeah, so uh, you, you kind of touched on it uh, in your intro. Uh, I work for Superformance, Shelby Legendary Cars, Hillbank uh, Motorsports down here in Irvine, and we build and sell iconic. 1960s race cars, and they're period correct to how these cars were run back in the day. So uh, we do that out of our Irvine location. It's the global headquarters for, for all of the above, Superformance, Hillbank, and Shelby Legendary Cars. The customer can come into the showroom and drive a car, test drive a car. We could sell them the car from the showroom. But the majority of people, believe it or not, Mark, will you know uh, go online, find us online, They'll find the color combination of the Cobra, Daytona, Grand Sport, GT40, whatever the great mark is uh, that they like. And they'll let us know how they want us to finish it with the motor, send it down the street, we'll have it installed, and then we'll ship it to them. So a lot of people, believe it or not, don't even drive these cars before they buy them. They'll buy them online.
0: Yeah, well, what you guys are doing is so cool. And I'd say I've been to your place a few times. It's like going into Candyland. Uh, you, you can't even believe what you see. It, it's almost its like, almost like a dream come true. You walk in and it's just so spectacular. And everybody there, I mean, you and Doug and Lance, the family, everybody there is so enthusiastic, so happy. Uh, why wouldn't you be working around those kind of things? Before I ask you some questions here, though, tell our listeners something about yourself that most people don't know.
1: Uh well I'm an open book, Mark. I think everyone knows everything about me. <laughs> but you know, i has gotta you be w- No, there is, okay. there is actually Let me tell you that um what people are really surprised, not just to find out about me, or when they talk to me, they find out that I'm not a car guy. In the true what? sense, okay. in the true wait, wait, sense stop, of the term.
0: Stop. I, what's happening? We're in an alternate universe here. <laughs> Something's going on. Okay, you gotta explain this to me.
1: So, so a gearhead, right? I'm not a gearhead and I'm not, I love cars. I'm passionate about cars, of course, right? You know, my history, but I'm not a gearhead and people think, oh my gosh, you know, you're Dave McDonald's son. You got to know the ins and outs uh, of a car top to bottom, front to back. My father was killed uh, at Indy when I was six years old by uh, all accounts. My mother tells me I was definitely locked and loaded to be a car guy up until that point had cars uh, between my fingers, had cars between my toes. I was locked and loaded. I was going in that direction. I would have been a driver, but he was killed when I was six. And so you kind of, you're six, right? You remove that influence from the home. And when you're six, you grow up or you wake up every day and it's squirrel. You know, you just, you grow up whatever's in front of you. So I grew up playing baseball, basketball, and football. I went a different direction. So you know, I'm Dave McDonald's son. I do appreciate everything that he did for the sport. I'm learning more and more. Look, I, I'm much more versed today regarding engines and cars than I was just three or four years ago. But people are just shocked initially to find out that I'm not the gearhead that they anticipate me to be. Shocking, I know.
0: But definitely an enthusiast. That's for sure. A passionate yeah. Very cool. Well, I, I appreciate you taking us there. Let me ask you this. Is there a, a success quote, a mantra, some kind of saying, something that is important in your life to kind of guide you a little bit? It's a nice way to get the inspirational tires turning here on Cars, yeah. So, Rich, I know you love to drive. Take the wheel.
1: You know, I guess, uh, I guess how I would answer that is I try to treat everyone with respect. I try to treat people, uh, unless there's a cause to treat them differently. You know, that's a different story. But I try to treat everyone that I meet how I would want to be treated. So I treat them respect with respect. I treat them with dignity. And it comes back, and you'll get that in return. Uh, if you start off your uh, relationship with someone uh, on a rocky road, that's the way it's going to continue. So I try to initially, when I first meet people, treat them with respect. I think that's very important, Mark. And I think that, that starts to build a healthy relationship with either a friend or a customer. So absolutely, 100%. Try to treat people exactly how you would want them to treat you. You're going to find that it works and it's very successful.
0: Well, it's the golden rule that I was taught way back as a little boy in Bible class at church. And, you know, do unto others as you would have them do unto you. It's a pretty simple concept. Unfortunately, so many people don't embrace it. And if you did do embrace that, you'll find that you'll be treated fairly nicely back from people. You know, it's. It's a pretty simple thing, but uh, maybe we can spread that a little bit more in this new decade here, 2020. And speaking about 2020, can you believe I'm saying that? What, what is happening to our time? You know, life, life is moving as fast as a Hillbank Super Performance car here. I'm getting a little scared. What has you guys there at Hillbank Super Performance Shelby Legendary Cars, what has you guys excited and fired up about the new year?
1: Number one, uh, my life does not suck. It's great to come into the showroom every day and see and and work around and drive these iconic cars that my father ran to glory back in the 60s. But as you know, and you touched on it in your intro, Ford versus Ferrari, the Fox Disney blockbuster movie uh, just released last month is killing it at the box office. Very successful movie. And we were absolutely involved uh, in the movie throughout. You know, back uh, early last year, the picture car coordinator director was, you know, the the, the movie had yet to be greenlit, but he was kind of scouting around for cars and he cold called on us. You know, he heard that we had a bunch of cars down there that might be appropriate for his movie. So he came down here. He met with Lance. Lance brought him down to my office and he was just kind of blown away. He had no idea that I worked there, who I was. My connection with Shelby had tr- history, which was the, the movie was about, was going to be about. And he looked on my wall and he'd been in my office and he saw all of uh, you know the Dave McDonald Cobra and King Cobra and Daytona Coop. So he was blown away. And we we literally talked that day. He was in my office for four or five hours. So we developed a, a really good relationship. He invited me up to the studio to meet uh, the particulars that were going to be involved with the movie. I met Jim Mangold, a couple of the executive producers. Invited them down. They still were kind of undecided on whose cars they were going to use. So I invited them down (laughs) to the showroom. And again, you've been there. It's incredible. When you walk in, you're blown away as they were. Actually, I just invited those three down and they brought uh, a whole crew down to Irvine with them. So 15 people rolled into the showroom. And just like everyone else, Jim Mangold, uh, Francois, Kevin Halloran, they were blown away when they saw the cars. You could literally see. How well built these cars were, and I took them on a tour in the showroom, showed them inside and out. The GT40, the Cobras, they were sold right then and there. So that's uh, that's essentially how we got into the movie. Uh, I was on set a number of times. I was the liaison between the studio. It was Fox at the time. Uh, Disney came in mid movie, bought Fox. So you know they integrated personnel during the shooting of the movie. But uh, so I was I was locked and loaded uh, working with the studio every single day, talking with them probably four or five times a day on what cars that they wanted to put in what scenes, what colors that they wanted to wrap the cars. So we ultimately sent seven cars up to Hollywood to be in the movie to race. So it was five slab side Cobras, two GT40s and then over 20 other cars. Uh, we sent up there to be in various scenes, a set-up. So more Cobras, Daytona Coupes, uh, some Mustangs. Uh, great experience. Uh, we were super happy to be involved. And uh, so now, since the movie is doing so well, we have just released uh, last week, so it's it's very recent, our Cinema Series cars. So a customer can actually buy a GT forty, buy a slab side cobra or even a Daytona, exactly how they saw them in the movie. So these oh, Cobras wow, will cool. come with CSX. Yeah. They're legitimate. They're gonna come with CSX chassis stamps or on the GT forties you can get the Carol Shelby uh GT forty chassis number. So these cars are legit. We're stoked. We're excited about this run. I'll tell you, Mark, since the movie came out, our phones and our emails have blown up. So we really <laughs> are Feeling a surge in business and interest uh, since the movie's release.
0: Well, congratulations! I think it's fantastic. I, I can't imagine. Well, I can't imagine uh, having worked a little bit now this last year with my TV show. The complexities that are involved, movies are a whole different level. Those guys must have thought they'd hit the holy grail because trying to find a bunch of people with with let's say authentic old classic GT40s Shelby's. To not only find them, but then to allow people to loan them to you, and then take them out and race them, or in the case, not going to happen. (laughs) No, and I've been around movie sets; they're not very gentle with cars and things. They just they don't treat them the way us enthusiasts would treat them. Explain to our listeners that might not be familiar with the term continuation, because a lot of people look at let's the word kit car, which in some realms has been. Kind of used as a ugly term or fakey-do or whatever. What you guys do is completely different, right?
1: Yeah, so we're at Superformance, right? So we build the only licensed Shelby American licensed Cobra on the planet. Now, a lot of other manufacturers build the Cobra. We're the only one that has the Cobra that carries the Shelby American license. But we also build shelby continuation cobras shelby continuation daytona coupe so these cars are built more period correct they're going to give you the driving experience that a lot of people who remember what the cobras looked, felt and drove like back in the day that's the experience that they want so we'll build them a little bit different than the super performance cobra and uh, these shelby continuation cobras and daytona coupes come with csx chassis numbers so uh, they're continuation Cobras. You can get the Cobra form uh, and a CSX 6000 series chassis number. The Daytona comes in a CSX 9000 series chassis number. And the elegant, beautiful, and charming 289 slab side Cobra comes in an 8000 series chassis number. So, you know, we build them in super performance form and the legitimate Shelby American continuation form as well. It's got the best of both worlds. Yeah.
0: They really are. And they're absolutely, when you go and visit, and I encourage my listeners, you got to go down to Irvine. Next time you're on the West Coast, take a visit. I mean, it's so cool to be there, so neat to see. And if you ever dreamed about owning one of these cars, but the, the reality price tag of the vintage version is, like for me, way beyond your pocketbook. These are affordable. I mean, they're not cheap, but they're affordable, and they're so authentic, and they're so cool. And you can have them built. It's be like going back into the 60s and saying, hey, Carol, build me a car just like
1: this. <laughs> Mark, I you mean, know, it, it is really. To your point, when you go down, you're driving down the road and you see a Ferrari, a Lamborghini, a Lotus, a McLaren, they all, they're all they beautiful cars, don't get me wrong, but they all have that similar body shape and similar look, right? You really don't even know if you've seen four during the day. You really don't even know what you saw. They just all look alike. When you go down the street and you see a Cobra, or you see a Daytona Coupe or a GT40, it's a conversation piece. You know, everyone loves the look of that car. You just don't see them that much on the road. That's why they're so attractive. That's why they garner so much attention. They're beautiful cars. And then when people learn the history of what they just saw, you know, they're all, all yeah. the more likely to buy one. So um it's great yeah, to really. see a Cobra going down the road.
0: Yeah, and when I was down to your guys' shop last year and I got to drive that GT40, oh my gosh, I think I was vibrating when i got out of that thing it was really like going back in time i mean it was it was a race car for the street all the sounds the noises everything it just took you to a whole different place it's a wonderful escape mechanism we're going to take a short break say thank you to our sponsors and we'll be right back edelbrock has been the name in automotive performance since 1938 edelbrock designs and builds thousands of of the finest automotive performance products right here in the USA for both street and track. From their AVS2 carburetors to V6 superchargers, if it's more power you crave, Edelbrock delivers. Let's talk superchargers. Whether it's an application specific system or a universal fit, their precision made assemblies come in multiple stages for a wide variety of makes and models. Their V6 superchargers are dyno tested and ensure the perfect fit and maximum horsepower torque plus added boost. You'll get huge power Power gains, I mean huge power gains. Quality construction you can trust and backed by decades of knowledge, Edelbrock is a brand that provides you with proven performance. And I've got a deal for you. This January 2020, you can get 10% off, 10% off if you use the code Yeah at checkout. Just go to edelbrock.com and use CARSYA, all one word, at checkout and get 10% off. Tell a mark at CARSYA sent you. That's edelbrock.com, checkout code cars yeah for your 10 percent off my favorite collector car magazine is keith martin's sports car market i've been a subscriber for decades sports car market is the wall street journal for the enthusiast and the collector it's your monthly must read whether you dream of owning a collector car have two cars or 200 sports car market has been around for 31 years and it's filled with valuable articles intelligent write-ups and the latest auction sales. Go to sportscarmarket.com and subscribe today. Plus, you'll get the exclusive SEM guide to restoration shops included for free. At checkout, use the code CARSYA and receive a 50% discount on your digital subscription. It's an exclusive offer from me here at Cars Yeah. I'm Mark Green, and I love Sports Car Market Magazine. All right, we're back, Rich. Uh, When did you realize that what you're doing now was what you should be doing? Was there something that kind of an epiphany that came to you and went, this is where I got
1: to be? Well, you know, as I mentioned, uh, I was heading towards the car world until my father died. So I grew up in a different direction, like I had mentioned earlier, baseball, basketball, football, tennis. I knew who my father was, Mark. I knew that he was a great race car driver. I knew that he had won a lot of races. I knew that he was killed in Indy, but there was no social media, no internet, nothing really back in the day that would keep his his accomplishments and his contributions alive. So I really didn't know a whole lot about my dad. Uh, My mother had, it turns out, had saved boxes and boxes and boxes of memorabilia of my father's racing career, Shelby contracts, NASCAR contracts. Uh, newspaper clipping, magazine articles, everything, so many trophies. She had saved that, but she never really could talk about his racing accomplishments as I was growing up because every time she did, her mind would go right to India and it'd be too painful for her to talk about. It. So these boxes, unbeknownst to me, were up in our attic for 35, 40 years. I didn't even know that, that we had all this stuff. So wow. um, I'm 42 years old-ish. And one of my friends says, oh, Rich, that that no, I'm 62 now. But back when I was 42, so about 20 years ago, uh, one of my friends says, that is really cool that your dad came in 10th place in the 1964 uh, Daytona 500. Mark, I had no idea that my father came in 10th place. And I didn't even know that he ran NASCAR. That's how little it turned out that I knew about my father's racing career. So that right there shamed the hell out of me. It embarrassed me that he knew this about my father and I didn't know it. So uh, luckily, fortunately, in uh, 2002 or three, the internet you know, was of age. I was able to go online and Google until three, four in the morning for a month and a half straight. And so much information was out there about my father. So that really, that incident right there really turned me around Uh, I learned all I could about my father, and uh, it kind of, you know, so I started going to Shelby American employee uh, reunions. I met Lance uh, Stander at one, and he's like, Rich, come on, this is your life. This is where you should be. You got to come work for me. So it took me a couple years to finally come around, uh, but I took him up on it, and I'm here now. I'm so glad that I actually did come to work for him. Because now I'm, I'm back in the car world. I go to events all the time. I even travel around the country and I give presentations on my father's racing career, just trying to be his voice in a small, uh, a small way. So that's what turned it, Mark. Uh, it shamed yeah. me. It embarrassed me. But uh, I'm glad it happened.
0: Well, it's a wonderful story. And I encourage uh, you listeners out there. Uh, Rich talked a lot about his father's passing, uh, that horrible day at Indianapolis and that accident. You can go back and listen to his show. It's still on the Cars yeah website. Guest number 830. Uh it was uh 2 3 years ago. Um I encourage you to go back and listen to that. You can go online and find out a lot of things about his dad. Amazing uh history and and what his future was even going to be before that tragic day. So let's talk a little bit about this uh automotive journey for you. You you shared a lot of this how you have come back into the car world because of learning about your dad and now working in such a, a wonderful place. Did you, in your mind, once this kind of started, realize, you know what, I, I am a car guy. I've kind of always been a car guy. <laughs> the DNA, the motor oil running through my blood from my father's legacy here. But was there kind of that pivotal moment that clicked in your mind? You went, this is what I got to do.
1: Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. It was kind of a gradual uh, experience, but that you're right. I mean, that DNA, I'm, uh, come on, my dad ran... Uh, only one man can lay claim to winning all of the first races for Carol Shelby's legendary Cobras, the Cobra Roadster, the King Cobra and the Cobra Daytona Coupe. And it's my father, yeah. Dave McDonald. So that it's DNA edible. is still inside me. I think it laid dormant for a long time. Again, I was ashamed mm-hmm. that I didn't uh, realize all of his accomplishments, but it was a different world, you know, and I was just growing up and and uh and taking life as it came. But when I yeah. started working. For Lance, at Superform. it's superformance to come into the office, and I say office—that's that's a relative term—to see all these beautiful cars <laughs> yeah, in the What
0: an office!
1: When I come to work <laughs> every day, most people are blown away, but I am too. You know, it, it's really yeah. a joy to walk in to work every day and see all of these beautiful cars. So it wasn't actually, you know, an overnight moment that made me realize that I kind of am a car guy. It was a gradual process from starting to go to those Shelby American employee reunions to working for Lance and to drive these cars and to sell these cars, it was a gradual process. And yeah, I mean, it was in me this whole time, but it just took something like this uh, to bring it out. And, you know, again, uh, I'm slowly becoming the car guy that most people think I am. And since I've started working for Superformance, I have learned so much about engines, right? You have to, to sell these cars, you got to kind of know what you're talking about. For the most part, early on, every single customer knew more about the engines than I did. I mean, that's just a fact. (laughs) Um, But I have learned considerably since then, and I'm able to go back and forth with the customers. And look, if there's something that I don't know, I work with a very talented group of individuals at at Hillbank and Superformance, and I'll just go to them and get the answer. But yeah, uh, I am more so of a car guy now than I ever was.
0: Well I know that uh, I always ask my guests here about their first really special car but I want to talk a little bit about a, a incredibly special car for you a tribute to what your dad drove a car that you have now a little red car right
1: <laughs> It is a little red car and it was actually in Ford versus Ferrari Look at when I sent the five slab sides up uh to to Hollywood to be in Ford versus Ferrari I wrapped this particular little slab side cobra in red I liveried it which is exactly how my father won the first ever cobra race so it's red it's number 198 that's where we had the movie was actually going to start in a different race but we ended up uh, deciding that it would start at the 1963 february riverside race and working with the studio we decided to livery the cars exactly how they looked in that race which was kenny miles uh, number uh white number 98 cobra my father's red number 198 that's the only time those two cobras were ever livery like the way they look in the movie so when i sent it up to the studio i knew that uh that was going to play my father's car i actually was in the movie uh i was in uh really? four, i was in three scenes actually yeah uh, they ended up cool. cutting uh, two, went onto the cutting room floor. So my burgeoning Hollywood career was, was <laughs> over you, even you, before it The began. proverbial
0: cutting room. Oh, yeah. that's painful.
1: Yeah. Lots of <laughs> scenes on the floor contain Rich McDonald. One scene was left uh, in the movie. Most people don't see me. I'm down in the bottom left-hand corner. I play a Porsche driver. I'm walking around my little Porsche race car. We're at Willow Springs. Uh, I'm walking with my mechanic. We're kind of going over the car and there's an FCCA scrutineer and we're trying to with a little clipboard. We're trying to convince him that the car is race ready. It's it's ready to go in this race. So that scene was left in there. Uh, I look a little bit different because they shaved my face. They put butch wax in my hair. You know, everyone had to look period correct on set. So most people don't see it because in the foreground is Matt Damon and Phil Remington. So most people are looking directly at the big Hollywood stars, but uh, I've seen the movie uh, seven times already. And I'm definitely in it (laughs) back to to my car. Uh, So when that car came back from filming, the studio made me take all of the race wrap of off all of the cars. This was over a year ago that filming was finished and they didn't want, you know, us driving around in the cars, promoting the movie even a year before the movie even came out. So Sure. I took the yeah. race wrap off of it, but I realized at that moment there is no way that I cannot buy that car. It played my dad's car in the movie. And I'll tell you also, Mark, yeah. at the time I was out on set a dozen times and there were 15 or 20 hours of footage with my car racing around the track. So I was thinking, nice. this is awesome. Car's gonna come back. I'm gonna take the race wrap off uh, right before the movie comes out. I'm gonna put the red race one ninety-eight wrap back on the on the car. I'm going to drive around town. The movie's going to come out, and everyone's going to say, oh, my gosh, you know, I I remember that car. It was all throughout the movie. It's in the movie for five seconds. (laughs) Oh, no. Yeah. You know, this is the nature
0: of movies. Yeah. A lot of shots uh, never make it. So, Well, I'm so happy you have that car. I think that's pretty cool. Kind of leads me to the next question. I'm going to crawl into your skull a little bit here. If you woke up tomorrow and Rich, was manifested as a car what would you be and why <laughs> i kind of know what you're car. gonna say right
1: <laughs> no, you know uh, i'll tell you if not what i want to be if, if i just felt like i was a car i think i would yeah i'd be like a 60s sports car like okay. uh, you know, I'm 62 years old, so I'm old, but I, I do pride myself in staying fit. So I think I'm in pretty, hey, wait a minute,
0: place. wait a minute, wait a minute. You're not from my side of the fence. You're a young guy. You're not old, dude. <laughs> well, that would make know, me ancient.
1: The, the number is old. I feel young. I feel young in spirit, but I think I would be like a 60 sports car, like maybe a Corvette, you know, maybe a Cobra, something that uh, is older, uh, but it still runs. It runs well. Not, maybe not like a Formula One or an Indy car super fast, but something from that era that's still in pretty good shape and still runs pretty good. So I think I'd yeah. be like a 19, maybe like a 1963 split window Corvette. Uh, that's Ooh, that's okay. what I feel that yeah. I would be.
0: Well, i tell you, folks, if, if you don't know Rich, you got to go to Superformance and meet him. He's got a terminal smile on his face. I think everybody that works there does. I think that's something that happens when you work around all these cars. But you're one of those guys and you're like Doug. I mean, just always smiling, always happy, always that wonderful look. So I, I can see that, a, you know, a 63 split window puts a smile on everybody's face. So that makes perfect sense to me, Rich. All right. We are entering what I call the last lap since we're talking about racing. This makes sense. I'm going to fire off a series of questions and ask you to give our listeners some quick blips of that split window Corvette throttle. So here we go. What's one of the personal habits that you have that you believe has contributed to your successes over the years?
1: Um, you know, I, th- I think uh, for anyone who's successful, there's a lot of things that contribute to that. But I think the main thing that that helps me be successful is to give great customer service. There's lots of places that, like putting it to, uh, to what I do right now, there's lots of places that people can go to buy a really cool car. The experience, I think, is very important when a customer comes to me and I first make that initial contact, like I told you earlier, I try to treat them respectfully. And then throughout the whole process, I mean, to to buy one of our cars, a Cobra, Daytona, GT40, Corvette, Grand Sport, even if they come into the showroom and they pick a rolling chassis that we have currently already built in the showroom, it's a process that takes another couple months to get that drivetrain uh, installed in the car. So you're constantly communicating with these customers. They don't want to be left in the dark. You know, they want to know what's going on with their hundred, dollars $200,000 car, and you have to be mindful of that. So I think treating and providing great customer service has really been beneficial and, and been pivotal uh, in my success.
0: Definitely, definitely. I mean, this is not a car that people have to buy. This is a dream come true. It's a whole different kind of car purchase, car selling experience. So definitely... Uh, yeah, they want to know, how's the baby coming? How's the baby coming? Where are we at? How's the heartbeat? Are we there yet? Are we dilated? Yeah, let's go. Yeah. Let's go. If I could arrange for you to have a... That was a weird thing to say. Oh, well. Yeah. <laughs> Us car guys know what I'm talking yeah, about. You know, with The course. birth the birth of the car. In fact, when, when I bought my uh, E46 M3, I uh, ran down to the dealership because I s- literally saw the truck go by my window when it was being delivered. And my car was the last car on the truck, so I always say I took pictures of it coming down the birth canal <laughs> as it came out of this big long transporter uh, into my life. Still, still Good have an that allergy. car too. My yeah. my my O five M three. If you could uh, have a drink or a meal with anyone, I oh gosh, you know who this is going to be too. Anyone in the automotive industry, living or deceased. I'm guessing it would be your dad, right?
1: Yeah, it um, it would be 100 percent my dad. Uh, a lot of people don't know few people do know, uh, my mother just recently passed as well, so she she died of cancer uh, on Mother's Day, so only a few months ago, so I would maybe want to include her in this, but I got to spend um, you know sixty two years with her, uh, and plus I got to be with her for the months that um, she was declining in health. so I would one hundred percent answer this question with my father. He died when I'm six. There's so many unanswered questions that I would love to ask him. I didn't really get to know him. So of course I would love to sit down at a bar, sit down in a restaurant. Spend all one, evening <laughs> number one, yeah. hug him, you know. Yeah. Yeah. But but then yeah. but then just talk to him and find out what he was yeah. really like. I, I basically know him, Mark, through Dave Friedman photos. They took uh, uh-huh. you know, tens of thousands of great photos of him and I study those photos and I try to to, you know, just get inside him and, and feel what kind of a person he is. But I would love to sit down with my father, man to man now and just talk with him.
0: Well, he'd be very proud. I know, Rich. And uh, again, my condolences for uh, last year's loss of your mom. Um, you know, I, I I follow you, of course, social media. and I've known you for a while now. And I, I saw all the pictures you posted of you and your mom always, you know, in a Cobra, having fun together, doing things. And Very fortunate to have spent so many years with her and have her in your life the way you have. So, uh, boy, I wish I could make that happen, but that would be quite spectacular. But, you know, a lot of people who have parents from the 50s and 60s and even 70s and even 80s, they don't have many pictures of them because the digital world we live in now just didn't exist. Uh, The videos, all the things we have now, this doc, I mean. You think about the kids born today, they're going to have more documentation on their lives (laughs) than than anybody in the history of mankind. It's pretty spectacular. Uh, Now, this next question, I always ask guests about best automotive advice ever received. I'd love to hear what kind of automotive advice you give people. Because one thing I've heard about jumping into an old car, or in your case, the uh the the way you guys remake these old cars, you got to be very careful. These are very powerful machines. They don't drive like modern cars, but what's the best advice you give people when they buy it?
1: Yeah, no, that that actually is a very insightful comment and question. And, and you know, when people, I get guys that come in, uh, they pull in, in their Lambos, their Ferraris, their McLarens, you know, and their Porsches, and they know how to drive those cars. They really do. But they think they're going to be able to just jump into a Cobra And, you know, go around a corner and just jump on it. And I try to tell them, I actually try to drive this into their brain that they have never driven anything like a Cobra. There's so much power that goes to those rear wheels. I mean, you're looking at 525 horsepower on a 2400 pound car. So the power to weight ratio is insane. There's no traction control, no nanny assist. So you really, the the other cars basically drive you. You drive a Cobra, you drive a GT40. So if you're not prepared for that before you think you're going to get on it going around a corner, it's going to break loose and you're going to lose it. So these guys all think they know how to drive and respectfully, I try to let them know to get your feet under you, you know, before you get on the gas. And that's the same I touched on it earlier, where a lot of people buy our cars who, who don't come in and don't drive them. They buy them online. I'll ship them around the world to to other countries. And I also have to make sure that they understand that when you get this car, exactly what I said earlier, it's like nothing else you've ever driven. So you don't want to wrap it around a pole you know, in the first mile. Make sure you drive it for 100 miles. You drive it for an hour and figure out exactly and understand exactly what kind of power is underneath yep. you before you try to be a hero. So that that is yeah. advice that's worked well for me. A lot of people have come back and said, I had no idea how true that statement was, um, yes. but you've never driven anything quite like a Cobra. So, so far, no accidents on my watch.
0: I always love to say when it comes to these old cars, you know what, the throttle goes both ways. And you can't just keep your foot into these things unless you are very, very skilled. And not a lot of people are with these cars. You got to be very careful. Uh, Be very safe and learn uh, with them. I always suggest, you know, go to a track, get a driving instructor and have somebody teach you because it's unlike any experience you've ever had, for sure. Uh, Is there a great uh, tip you might share with our listeners regarding a resource? Maybe this is a website you like, a supplier, an app you use every day, could even be a person in your life.
1: Uh, well, professionally, you know, it'd be superformance.com, hillbankusa.com, and you can uh, find out all about our cars uh, from those websites. But I-, I mentioned earlier that my mother had boxes and boxes of memorabilia of my father's racing career, which finally made its way down, you know, downstairs. And uh, I was just amazed at all the stuff, Mark, that she had saved uh, from his career. So I painstakingly, not only did I go online, <laughs> For months and months and months, and in, in Google and copy everything I could about my father, uh, and then scan it and digitize it. I did the same with all of the memorabilia that she had saved for those forty years. So I scanned everything, I put it up online, I created a website for my father. It's uh, DaveMacDonald.net. That's M A C D O N A L D.net. So, it, it covers his entire career from drag racing right up until the moment that he was killed at Indy. So, there are over 3,500 uh, documents, photos, news clippings, magazine articles that I, I painstakingly scanned and uploaded to that website. It is a great resource for all things Dave McDonald. I would encourage people look at you're not going to yeah. go there and spend 15 minutes, I promise you. Once no, you get it's to a- that website, <laughs> you get lost in it and, and you're there for a few hours. But I would encourage people that if they want to learn anything about Dave McDonald. And I'll tell you, I haven't really been on the website since I actually came on Facebook about three or four years ago. So I haven't updated it in a few years, but uh, there is just a wealth of information all about Dave McDonald.
0: Yeah, it's incredible. Absolutely fantastic. Wonderful thing that you did there. You know, one of the pictures you sent me, uh, because I do have a show notes page for you on my website, you'll have a new one here with this show, is a picture of you sitting in that red cobra with a very interesting lamp.
1: Mm.
0: Yeah. You had a a lamp and, and uh, the first time I saw it I didn't I was glancing through them and I didn't pay attention to it in detail because it was very small on my screen. And then I went, "Why is he holding a lamp? Well, tell our listeners about that lamp you found."
1: It's uh it's a very special lamp. It's actually a trophy lamp. So uh that trophy that I have in my hand sitting in that uh cobra that I bought, that superformance cobra um, that played my father's Cobra in the movie, that is the first ever Cobra trophy. So that is the trophy, the actual trophy that my father was giving, given for winning the first race that Cobra ever won, Shelby American. So it was out at Riverside in February of 1963. The photo that I sent you actually is out at Willow Springs. That's on set for Ford versus Ferrari. I brought it up that day to see if uh, Jim Mangold wanted to put that in the scene. It never actually made it even, like I said, so much, hundreds of hours got cut and sent to the cutting room floor. But we never did do a scene. There was just so much going on that it never made it into the movie. But that is a very, very special trophy uh, to me.
0: Yeah, I'd encourage listeners, uh, go to Rich's show notes page on my Cars website. You'll see that picture there on his page. I thought it was spectacular. Very cool. How about a book? Is there a book you've read that you think our listeners would enjoy?
1: Yeah, there, there's uh, there's actually a couple. So recently, Phil Hanney, who used to be an old Shelby American employee, who's written books on Carol Shelby, Bob Bondurant, Parnelli Jones, Phil Remington. Uh, he just wrote a book on my father. It came out last year. Uh, It's called Dave McDonald Coberman, fantastic book. Uh, My dad is now in great company with those other four that Phil has written about. That's a really, really good book, Mark. I encourage people to buy it. Uh, I actually helped Phil uh, write a lot of that great book. But I think the number one book uh, that I would recommend would be Black Noon. Black Noon uh, was written by Art Garner. It was the first book that Art ever wrote. It's uh, received numerous awards. It was uh, about the 1964 Indianapolis 500. It was about the events that led up the entire month long trials and tribulations trying to get that car right for the Indy 500. But most importantly, it described in great detail how great of a racer my father was. It it went into all of his accomplishments, the races he'd won. And this book reaches the masses. I think a lot of people, Mark, before this book came out in the Midwest, only thought of my father as a rookie Indy car driver. They didn't really realize the races that he'd won in his, his four years of racing, the drivers that he beat. He won uh, races that had world-class cars and drivers in it. Jimmy Clark, Dan Gurney, Parnelli, AJ. He was whipping all of those guys consistently. Most people outside of Southern California didn't even know that, right? So I think this book, Black Noon, let the masses know how great of a driver my father was. He was more than just a rookie Indy car driver. Black Noon. Oh, much more,
0: much more. And, and after, had that accident not happened, he was online to head over to Europe
1: to race Le Mans, I believe, right? 100%. That's where he would already gotten his passport. That's where he was going.
0: Yeah, it, it's an incredible story. Black Noon. It's a wonderful book. Art Garner. I'll make sure to put links to both that book and Phil Haney's book. Uh, Dave McDonald, Cobra Man, you got to put these in your library. If you have an automotive library, which any great automotive person does. So, yes. uh, you can find all these on Rich's show notes page. All right, Rich, we're up to the checkered flag here. And this last question can be a bit of a doozy. I'm going to buy you a very cool collector car today. Any collector car on the planet doesn't matter Woo! who owns it or where it is. I'm going to, I'm going to drive it down there to sunny Southern California on this rainy Pacific Northwest day and park it in your garage. But there's some rules that might make this a little tough for you. The one is you can't sell it to buy a bunch of other toys with. You have to drive it. No garage queens. But here's the kicker. It's the only one cool collector car you can have. So choose wisely.
1: Well, you know, I th- I think about this question actually a lot. You know, it used to be always uh, CSX 2287. That's the first ever Shelby Daytona Coupe. It was the, uh, one of the six ever built it was the only one built uh, entirely in the United States. It was designed by Pete Brock. My father and Bob Hulbert ran that Daytona to its first victory. Uh, that was at Sebring, 12 hours of Sebring in 1964. That, it's out at the Simeon Museum in Philadelphia right now. Uh, yeah, Fred Fred's invited us out car, there. Yeah. yeah. He let me fire it up uh, a couple years ago, drove me around the parking lot in it. That has always been my ideal car. But I will tell you, recently, my feelings have changed. So I love that car. But it, to answer your question, if I can only have one, and a friend of yours actually owned this car previously, it's owned by another friend of mine. Uh, another friend of mine owns it now, it would be CSX 2026. That's the Cobra that my dad uh, ran to the first ever uh, Shelby American Cobra victory. And now, since my Cobra played that Cobra in Ford versus Ferrari, The car is a survivor, and I think that would be the car that I would choose now. It would be CSX 2026, the first race-winning Cobra, which that trophy that I have in my hand belongs to, that car. I should, you know what, I might might call the current owner of that car and let him know that I have the trophy, and maybe we can do some photo ops. Yeah,
0: I think that'd be really cool. You know what I think is great about this? And I love it when I have guests come back and their answer to that question changes over time. I think that's pretty cool. It's neat that you've picked that car. I love it. I love it. All right, Rich, you have taken me on a great ride today. This has been really fun. I want to thank you for sharing your journey again here on Cars. Yeah, it's always a delight to talk to you. Uh, could you offer our listeners a little piece of wisdom or guidance in this new year before you drive off down the Coast Highway in <laughs> CSX 2026?
1: Boy, what a vision that is. Nice thought. Yeah. Mark, I would just tell people, you know, if I could give any advice, it'd just be to find your passion. Find your passion. Believe in that passion. Give yourself wholly to that passion. You know, be dedicated to that. And I promise you, you will be rewarded in many ways. So find your passion. You're going to be happy. It's going to make you happy inside. When you're happy, when you can exude happiness, it has a way of rubbing off to other people as well. So. Find your passion. It's going to make you happy and you will be rewarded in life.
0: Well, I appreciate you sharing that passion with our listeners today. What's the best way for people to learn more about you and Hillbank and Superformance and Shelby Legendary Cars?
1: Yeah, well, you can uh, you can learn more about what I do. You can come in, actually, to uh, our Irvine World Headquarters. Uh, I'm there Monday through Friday. We're in uh, Irvine. As I mentioned, Shelby Legendary Cars. Superformance Hillbank uh, Motorsports, come on in. Uh, I'll take you on a tour of the facility. You can actually find us online if you want. If you want to see uh, very quickly the cars that we build and sell, you can go to superformance.com, hillbankusa.com, shelbylegendarycars.com awesome, iconic cars that we build. So uh, head on over to one of those websites, check us out, and then give me a call.
0: Absolutely. And I encourage you, if you find yourself on the West Coast, LA, Orange County, San Diego, you got to make your way to Irvine and and just stop in because you will not believe what you're going to see. It, it's absolutely incredible. And you guys last year moved into a new facility, bigger, better, uh more robust. I mean, it's just a fantastic spot. When you're there, say hi to Rich for me, Doug and Lance, the family, everybody there is some wonderful group of people. Rich, thanks for being so generous today with your time, your expertise, and your experiences that you've shared today. Absolutely fantastic. You're such a delight. Until you and I talk again, my friend, I'll see you down the road.
1: Always great talking to you, Mark. Have a great day.
0: Thank you, Rich. And save a little sunshine for me, okay? (laughs) Will do. Hey, Mark Green here from Cars Yeah. Did you know you can now see me on the CarGat yeah! TV show, it's a weekly visit to some of my past CarGat yeah! podcast guests, and I take you along for the ride. You go behind the garage door and into their lives, their businesses, and you get to see what makes them successful. With tens of millions of viewers, CarGat yeah! TV is making its mark. CarGat yeah! TV is available on MAV TV and Lucas Oil Racing TV. You'll find MAV TV on Direct TV, Fubo TV, FiOS by Verizon, or you can stream it through. Lucas Oil Racing Television online. And they said I only had a face for podcasting. Thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at Cars Yeah! Drive on over to carsya.com to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun. Download your free copy of Filler Up